2: On one subject, I know there's been a lot of uh, this whole thing got started on Slack um, because Luke posted something that was uh, provocative. <laughs> it, was, it was good. Um, if you're not going through the Bible recap, that's that's the um, that's the reason this thing um, got started. Because in the Bible recap, we are in the middle of the Book of Numbers. So, um, so uh, the subject is really I wanted to focus on this idea of um, the Hebrew word is kerim. And um, it means um, something that is consecrated entirely to God. So the word is used of the whole burnt offering when the whole cow is killed. And uh, God tells the Israelites, you can't eat any of it. Uh, you can't even use any part of it, like the horn, nothing. It's got to be all for me. Uh, I don't want you to benefit materially from this uh, because it's all for me. It's all for my glory. So it's interesting that that's the same word here is devoting entirely to destruction is one way of putting it that word harem is not used of all the battles it's only used of some of the battles and the only ones that is used uh, uh, for are in the holy land so when it's outside the holy land um except for the one exception of the transjordan when they fight uh i believe it's og and sihon those two kings that's in numbers um Actually I think it's in Deuteronomy. It's right before they come into the, they come into the Holy Land from the uh, east to the west, they cross the Jordan.
4: How'd you draw a map?:
2: Yeah, I can draw a really crude map. So what, what book of the Bible did this discussion come from? It started in numbers. Mm-hmm.
4: But now we're
2: in Joshua. But now we're in Joshua, so it's start, actually it's still relevant. Like, it is. Lots of, <laughs> lots of this. So Israel came through here. They fought off certain groups that um, they asked simply to pass through. They didn't, they didn't fight. They said, can we pass through? A lot of these people said no. Um, in which case, they attacked the Israelites. They did have to fight off the Amalekites because they tried to uh, seduce the Israelites to worship their gods. So the Israelites got to here. This is the Transjordan where they fought uh, Sihon and Og. The two kings, and they cross into the Promised Land this way, and then this is where Jericho is, the first city they attack. And, and uh, Joshua is all, starts here, with Can that you label
4: cross. the bodies of water? Oh yeah, about? this is
2: the Sea of Galilee. Are
4: you quizzing him? No, 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 I just think it's really helpful to understand what water is and what land is. Dead Sea.
2: Hey, could you use blue for water? <laughs> <laughs> I'll use red for uh, okay. the big wars here, 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 and then AI is over here. So there's certain flashpoints where the wars happen. So uh, the Harem, um, only uses the Holy Land and these two kings, uh, Sihon and Og, that are both huge. They have a bed that's like as big as. I think it's like almost as big as this room it says that one of these two kings slept on a bed these are the Moabites, and the bed was like just huge because they are descendants of the um of the anakim who are a group of people created by the inbreeding of the nephilim and humans anybody know that story it's a crazy story so that's actually that's going to be a kind of a key part of this whole discussion is this uh The Anakim. Um, They are, like I said, um, absolutely huge. Because it says uh, that his um, bed was just massive. Uh, King of um, the Moabites. So, of course, Goliath was one of the Anakim. He was a descendant of the Nephilim. The Anakim are created by this combination of uh, the Nephilim and humans. They came and they essentially attacked humans, uh, took the women, slept with them, assaulted them, produced this race of giant uh, humans that are like almost demonic. And it's a really, really weird part of the Bible that not many people talk about. And uh, scholars don't even know exactly what to do with it. Um, But the interesting thing is in Joshua 13, when they're here, they send in those spies to, ch- to check out the Promised Land. Uh, and the spies are Joshua, Caleb, and they go in and they check out the Promised Land. And they come back and they say they're so big that they're like we're like grasshoppers in comparison to them. And it says that we saw the descendants of Anak, the Anakim there. And then um, it says that uh, these two folks, these kings were Anakim. And then in, in Joshua... And I think Joshua 13 is one of the key um, verses here. It says when Joshua had, uh, had destroyed... Actually, I'll just read that one. Um, because it is especially important. Joshua 13. Um, this kind of gives the rationale for the, the uh, harem. Um... Now, during the harem, of course, God says to devote all human beings to destruction. It's kind of like the burnt offering. Um, every man, woman, and child. So, I'm not trying to minimize the, um, the tragedy of that or how difficult that is for us to believe in. Um, but, I think part of the solution, at least, or it helps to understand it, is the fact that they were descended from the, the anakim. Um... I might have to get my phone out because I'm having a hard time finding it. It's in, um, Joshua 13. Has anybody seen it there? What are we looking for? Look for the word Anakin. Um... If I see Sihon... and Og... Let's read it from the phone. I'm, I'm reading this uh, really good book um, that's about this called The Unseen Realm. And it's by Michael Heiser. And he has a whole chapter on Holy War. Joshua, oh, I see it's Joshua 11. So we were looking for it in the wrong chapter. Uh, the logic of the harem emerges in Joshua 11 21 through 23. And this is the little snippet from that. Uh, Joshua came at that time to cut off the Anakim from the hill country. From Hebron, from Debir, from Anab, and from all the hill country of Judah, and from all the hill country of Israel. Joshua devoted them to destruction with their cities. That's the word, Harem. There was none of the Anakim left in the land of the people of Israel. Um, So, that is um, showing that um, the target of the harem was, at least partly, and I would say probably mostly, was to rid the Holy Land of this particular race of people. Uh, at least they were, the, they were the, the head of the snake that he had to cut off. Uh, another thing that's important here is um, in Genesis 15, um, when God is promising Abraham this, this promised land, uh, he says that he's not going to give um, Abraham's descendants the promised land until the sins of um, this Joshua 11 is the main um, text, eleven twenty one for that. And then Genesis 15 um, talks about the sins uh, reaching... Uh, their full measure, which is an interesting analogy of a like some kind of tub filling up with sin more and more, higher and higher and higher, and then it comes out. And that's when he finally says, Enough, like I'm sending in my people to uh, cleanse this land because their sins are just too nauseating to me. Like it says, the land actually vomited them out because it was so disgusting. So among the other things they did was they killed their children. They, um, they sacrificed their children to their gods, which God specifically mentions. So there's a judicial aspect to it where he's using Israel to come in and uh, excise these people um, the way you would a tumor. They're like a scalpel because he says, I don't want you to take anything for yourself. I want you to do it entirely for me and my glory. And so that's why, in some ways, it had to be like a, a clean scalpel where it's all God's doing. It, where, Israel's just an instrument. He doesn't want them to do it for conquest or imperialism or to colonize, but wipe it out. I want you to take nothing from it and cleanse it. And I think one of the, another big reason for this is that uh, if they left some of the Anakim, the people who had been sinning this way, um, they would have tainted Israel. They would have um, corrupted Israel. They w- They would have... Can't remember what's the phrase, Margie? You mentioned this morning. They, um, how uh, does God put it? Basically, led them would have led them astray, would have led them into idolatry if they hadn't done that. Snare. Uh, the snare, yes. He says they'll be a, they'll be a snare to you. And in, in fact, they didn't they didn't wipe them all out, and they did become a snare to them. In the book of Judges, it's basically Israel gets Canaanized by the Canaanites. So it only applies to the Holy Land. It never applied again in Israel's warfare. It didn't apply to the people along here. Uh, anyone could join. So Rahab repented, she came in, um, the invitation was there uh, to join, and it applied to God's people when they didn't, um, when they sinned against him. So the, the, the story of Achan, where he uh, takes the stuff and hides it, uh, the Haram was then applied to he and his family. Uh, so it's not just against certain people groups, it's against anyone uh, in that land.
4: When you say Achan took the stuff, you mean he took um, booty from the war? Yeah, which is one of the things you're not, to not supposed take to do. He yeah. and he hid it in his tent. Yeah. And so then God wiped out him and his family. Mm hmm. Would you say the judicial aspect would also be applied to Noah? Like when he wiped yeah. out the whole, yeah. right? Except for a few people. Mm hmm. Except for he didn't use other people to do it, he just used yeah. nature. Yeah. Flood,
2: yeah. Um, applies to Israel as well, that's the fifth point, not just to the Canaanites. So, um, you know, those are just some, those are some thoughts. I don't think this explains everything. Um, I don't think we're supposed to be able to explain everything. I think a big part of this is like, I think God was intentionally, like it was like shock therapy, like shock treatment to the Israelites. Like, uh, it was a way of saying that this is really, this is really, really, um, Dark and horrible stuff. Like the idea of the, the men, women, and children is, is, in, in, like, is devastating. And we're supposed to feel the moral, like, you know, to the Israelites, it would have also been hard to hear this. So I think the shock value is part of the whole thing, is to realize how holy God is and how um, much the, even the land you know, has to vomit out people because they're so sinful. Um, so there is an element to it that is meant to really be disturbing, we should be disturbed by it. I don't think a reader is supposed to read it and not be disturbed by it. Um, and I think that, um, you know, the, probably the main takeaway for me is that there's a lot more to God um, than, than I think. And I don't, you know, me and my um, individualistic Western culture that think people are generally pretty good, like there are parts of my, our culture that are great and that get parts of God that others don't get. But there's also parts of our culture, this therapeutic culture, that does not understand things about God. And I'm confronted with that when I hit certain parts of the Bible. And, um, and as Tim Keller says, um, if, if, if everything about God is something you agree with, then it's probably just a God that you've made in your image. You know, if There's nothing that is pushing back and challenging you about God. It's probably not the real God. Um, and I think lastly it's, uh, we have to always go back to the cross this is probably the most important point is we have to remember that Jesus read this approvingly uh, he didn't seem to have any problems with it he, he loved the Old Testament he helped write the Old Testament and I think ultimately we see the holiness of God and the sinfulness of humans expressed on the cross. So when you think about the cross, it's really helpful to think about this, that he bore that ultimately. He was the one entirely destroyed. So as much as God you know, did do this in his justice, in his holiness, he also had it done to him and he bore that uh, to save everyone. And we don't even know, I mean, we know many people die. We don't know who got saved, though, you know, who, who, was, who was actually drawn into the people of God who was given eternal life, um, which is more important than biological life. Like who? Perhaps many in here were part of eternal life. We know that many people came from Egypt and joined the Israelites. We know that Rahab came in. We're not told that others did, but there could have been many. Um, apparently the Gibeonites, through that trick that they played on them, were also brought in um, to eternal life. And really the whole point of Israel was to be a light to draw in the nations around them. They were always <laughs> meant to be for the sake of the other nations. Um they were like the beachhead from which God would launch his kingdom. So that's just a few thoughts. And I don't you know, I don't say this as I say this, I read these things and it get it really upsets me. So it never quite satisfies to know these. I have these in the back of my head. I learned them in seminary, I've read a ton of books, I've heard a lot of podcasts about it. I still read it and say, Oh, that does not feel like God. That doesn't seem like the one who said, Father forgive them, but they know, they're not what they do. So
4: why do why do you, um, like you said because of our Western culture, why do you feel like other culture how would other cultures see it and why would they see it differently? I think
2: one thing is uh, they tended to not think that they could understand reality as much as we do because of our confidence, the enlightenment in many ways caused that to have a lot of confidence that we could understand reality. Another one is they thought, generally thought that uh, they were guilty before the gods in a way that we think we're not, and that God is the one who needs to explain himself. And probably another would be that we're very individualistic and they're very communal. So for them, the communal aspect makes sense. It's not like the fact that Aachen and his family all had to die would make a lot more sense to them than it did to us, because they saw them as this one unit. The whole family is a unit. And so maybe even the whole people group was a unit for them more. So, these are kind of guesses, but that's what I would, that's what I would guess. I you think
4: it has to do with they see a lot more death?
2: That's, yeah, that's probably true, too.
4: They're more aware people die they're so much younger. But they're more aware that they are going to die, Yeah. Too, at some point, anyway.
2: That's a good point, yeah.
4: Not that that makes it easy
2: that these people are getting killed. Yeah. Alright, okay. so, uh, discussion is open, and I'm... You can talk to each other. You don't have to talk through me. So feel free to just disagree with each other or say. I mean, you know, please, please don't hold back. Um, I say these things again, like on the kind of certainty, what I'm saying is not very high. So I say these things, wanting pushback and disagreement, and just raw, raw feelings when you read these things. <clears throat> so Luke, you might want to start since you initiated the, the whole thing. <laughs> this is your baby. <laughs>
5: Um, that, well, so I think that the uh, the initial emphasis with that there was a, just a lot of cognitive dissonance for me as I was reading the stuff when, and I, I think I alluded to this in the post, just the, the upbeat like kind of chippy music <laughs> and like that, <yeah. laughs> and um, and so that coupled with uh, really been, I don't know sucked in or drawn to the events unfolding in Ukraine. I think not only because of what's happening to families and and just that that nation but also the wider context for what it might mean in the world. And then also thinking about some of my own experiences when I was in Afghanistan. Uh, And then, too, as a pediatric surgeon, having to tell parents that, you know, after horrible things that happened, that their children are dead, you know? And just seeing the raw visceral emotion that comes from that and how painful that is for everybody involved. yeah, I mean I think all of that was converging on this with the, the peppy music. And I was it was just really hard to swallow. Um and and I understand like God is, is a holy and just God and I and I'm I think there's there's reason to rejoice in that because he has um he has dealt with our sin that we you know the punishment we justly deserve. But um to use such imperfect uh Instruments, if you will, to meet out that justice seems really tough. But the Israelites. And, yeah, and yeah. not only that, but also just the fact that, um, you know, if if I have this much trouble struggling just personally, and I'll be very honest, like struggling with the death of a child, you know, on the operating table when I couldn't, when I couldn't do enough to, you know, and that's hard enough. Imagine what somebody, like psychologically and spiritually, how they'd be warped by, having to put a child to death.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. you
5: know in front of their parents like, yeah. like these are real things and I don't know that we have maybe they were different back then but the the cog, the the emotional capacity to to hold all of those things you know together mm-hmm. that that just seems like way too much yeah um and so I guess I just I don't understand that it almost would be a little bit easier to accept if if God just if was just a fireball that came down from heaven and just smote everybody. Mm-hmm.
4: But you so, said that these some of these people at least were sacrificing their children to their gods, so they were killing yeah. their own children. Yeah, so, I mean that's what you said, right? Yeah, that's definitely true.
5: Yeah. Yeah, I know, but I mean, so for to be somebody that doesn't do that and right, cares right, about children, yeah. yeah, your own, and yeah. to do that to somebody else, right. uh, yeah. that would be just hard on the yeah, absolutely I mean, moral
2: agent would be harmed. That'd be tough. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Um, so there's that aspect of it And um, and so that was Yeah, that was just what The mm-hmm. impetus for throwing out that mm-hmm. And I was trying to be a little bit provocative too Just to see yeah. how far this Slack channel could
6: go <laughs> <laughs> It's reached all the way to these souls
2: What was that <laughs> music? Is
5: that
3: the intro
6: music? In the yeah, video? I mean, yeah you know, The intro and the, the extra players, Yeah Hates
5: the intro music. It startles
2: him every morning. Very, very. <laughs> oh, I can't do just it. It's
5: kind of peppy, and definitely not in line with the subject matter at times. Yeah, the God shot. You know, the the God God's shot. where
2: the joy is. Yeah. yeah, he's where the joy is. That's how she always. Was... She always
5: ends it with that, and it's like. Yeah.
2: We should be in a minor key for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are there are minor key episodes for sure. So, I think um, that's good, no, that's really good especially about the, the moral harm done to the Israelites in doing it I hadn't thought about that
7: I always think about the dehumanization that's involved mm-hmm. in like, having to like, murder other people and just one, you have to like believe that you are better than they are
2: But then, I don't agree with that
7: I, I mean, I don't know how else you kill someone
2: doesn't a soldier not necessarily feel they're better than the ones that they shoot? I don't know, but
7: I mean I I mean I think it's challenging. I mean I think you I think it's almost a, I think it would be impossible to see the person that you're killing as an equal. hmm Because you have to find some way to square with killing them. You I have to yeah, I think, it's just you, you think that's right. Yeah. And so but then also does, I can also see just lots of the Israelites delighting. Like I, I it's hard for me to imagine them be like I oh, I'm so sorry.
6: Uh-huh.
7: You know, like and just like being really mournful. I I imagine like could it be a split? Like somewhere like that, somewhere like that. Probably. I mean it's probably way more complicated than I make it, but that that that's the hard part. That like God's asking people to to, mm-hmm. to do this, knowing, like, what could happen, or, and, like, we don't even, maybe, maybe I haven't been reading closely enough, but, not to mention the, like, pillaging and the raping, that's also, like, probably happening as well.
2: I but would think like, if they did do that, well, the pillaging, we you know, for instance, in Aachen's case, mm-hmm. I think God would destroy them for doing that. So,
8: that's an interesting idea, <coughs> and like, I just realized, like, I I do this, Is it, and it might be accurate, I don't know. Is it accurate to like superimpose um, our knowledge of like modern or historical genocide onto Israel, Israel's like moving into the Holy Land? I can think about like the Rwandan genocide, like super violent, super like, nothing good about it. It's like people killing with machetes and it was very hateful and spiteful and there was rape and pillaging and it's like, okay it's like that that image is in my mind mm-hmm. when I read these chapters it, like is it accurate I don't know or like the,
5: I don't know it's so hard to take ourselves out of modern mm-hmm. 2022 context and the way that we view the world and even right. begin to understand I mean for example Like, being, and I'll just refer to Afghanistan, because I would say that's the closest I've ever come to a place and a people that is so far removed from my overall worldview and mindset. You know, for example, children that step on landmines and have their limbs blown off. If you're a girl and you're ultimately, you know, rehabilitated and sent back to your village, especially if it's in a very rural area that's um, almost a death sentence mm-hmm. as in like you you're no longer a, a a contributing member to that family and you can't uh. be married and you're you know and it's you know they just they do horrible i mean they they kill some of these kids and we know that um and that seems like so wrong and it is wrong but like that's a, a totally different mindset yeah and so i mean that's that's today in our world um, and that's the closest parallel, but I still can't get my mind around it. Mm-hmm. And so to think about looking back two thousand, three thousand years and trying to understand, mm-hmm. I also, I mean, I have that that historical perspective that
2: that um, we're looking at it from a very different point of view. That makes me think that uh, that perhaps the the revolution started by Jesus in terms of human morals is part of the, what's going on here. It's like we're three thousand years. 3,500 years on the other side of that. Well, we're, we're 2,000 years, we're 3,500 years past this. And they were like the Wild West, and uh, God was doing a lot of this stuff because they were just so hard-hearted, and the Spirit hadn't come on earth. And now we're 3,500 years later, and we're looking at it back through the lens of the Jesus Revolution and what he's done to protect women, for instance, and to make us realize that they're equal. Men and women are equal. And... Uh, so it's, it makes sense that we're going to feel this jar, you know, the jarring between. Because what you saw was more like this, this culture. It had not been infected by the, the Jesus revolution as much, I would say. So um, and that, I guess I'm saying that's good news in a way. It's, it's good news that, that we're f- feeling so horrified by this, if that makes sense. Because we, we have been so um, affected by the ways of Jesus. We guess say something natural, yeah. Charles. Yeah, I was just wondering, like, how do we, how do we view like
0: Abraham's petition to God on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah? Like, it seems like he oh, would yeah. have been horrified by hmm. the decimation of that entire city. Yeah, that's and that's even good.
2: like predating all this. Yeah, and how do you also square it with the protection of uh, the foreigner and the widow and the fatherless that's in the law? Like right near these commandments, you'll have these commandments about. Like, do not do anything to mistreat the, um, the immigrant in your midst to make sure they're treated well. And then Abraham. Um, there's just a lot of stories of, of uh, people around this time doing incredibly sacrificial things. That kind of makes me think, this is a big point. This is a one-time event, only this one time to claim this area. Mm-hmm. And God knew that it was very repulsive in a way to, to human morality. So different than, like, Nineveh, for example. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 Nineveh. Jo- Jonah going to Nineveh and telling them, repent, and him not wanting to do that.
0: Is Sodom and Gomorrah in the Holy Land? I don't know.
2: No. Mm-mm. I think it's over here. That's where... Was. was that Lot? Who
0: had that? Yeah. Is that... Yeah, Abraham pleads same, for them. Yeah. Is the
2: same word used, like... Oh, this harem? Yeah. For Sodom and Gomorrah? Yeah. No, uh-uh. it's, it's almost never used in... Again, like according to Michael Heiser, it's literally only used for the Anakim. He thinks that if that's true, that these the—that's all you have to say. It's the end of discussion. Like he's just killing out these demonic figures. Right. Of course, a lot of other scholars would say, "Well, this is just these are just humans. This this whole thing is like symbolic, mm-hmm. where these nephilim mate with the humans." But I tend to think more that the there really were these people that were very strange and particularly evil, and somehow. Uh, Somewhat possessed and huge and powerful. I mean,
4: God takes out so many people. He takes out everybody in Noah's time except for one family, basically. He takes out um, thousands and thousands of Israelites in the desert. He did, yeah. Um, golden calf, he takes out thousands. Um,
2: Korah's rebellion, yeah, snakes. Korah's Quart- yeah.
4: um, rebellion, yeah, he takes out but ground residents well. Anyway, he takes out thousands of people, even just for their grumbling at one point. So he's taking out his own people. Then, like, even in the New Testament, he just, like, wipes you, like, uh, that couple and acts that, like, high like, won't give up their money. He just takes them out. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying, like, it's interesting that he, I don't know, death, he just, he sees it very differently than us, I feel like. I don't know. Like, I feel like we think that's the very worst thing that could happen to us. Um, versus um, maybe spiritual darkness or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I sometimes feel like there's a di- like a dichotomy in the Bible mm-hmm. of like death. Even like his words, his laws around worship. Um, there's laws that show that like death isn't as bad as like spiritual darkness. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just a thought. I don't have. I'm not God. I don't
7: know. Mm-hmm. God killing a bunch of people is easier to square than God asking other people to kill a bunch of people. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah,
5: I agree. Well, especially when it's a, an offensive maneuver. Yeah. That's the biggest thing, I think. Yeah. I mean, because that, that, I, it's not hard to draw parallels between somebody, like, wanting to take possession of something and mm-hmm. what's happening in our mm-hmm. world mm-hmm.
2: right now. hmm Yeah, and that's where Harem is different from other, that just doesn't happen in the other wars. Um, I think that's right fact that israelites are doing it and it's offensive it's really hard is there something about like <clears throat> israel being
3: the holy land that in the bigger picture would be like make it somewhat more yeah, just justifiable like oh i think definitely a grand scheme of yeah like yeah because he
2: launches his project to save the world from there mm-hmm. there yeah. had to be like a launch pad on earth that was holy that that like I don't
3: like the thought of the offensive like going into someone's land, yeah. And, like, being that aggressor, but um, I wonder if there's any like somewhat like of a comforting logical aspect to it that it is like
2: he had to retake the starting point of his works mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. UK. I don't know. Um, Also, I think Abraham in some ways. Um, owned that land, you know, back in in Genesis 12, 13. Um, That was given to him, and then you could almost say it was taken away while they were taken off down to Egypt. So they're kind of coming back to get their land. I think that's one way the Israelites would have seen it. I think that's hard.
4: Sorry.
2: Can you say what you said again? So Abraham was promised this land. He bought some some parts of this land. Um, They were inhabiting some of this land, and then when they left to go to Egypt, it was taken back by the descendants of Anak. So, so did Anak kind of
3: take this land from other people? Or how did.? It doesn't go into a lot of that. That could be almost some, like, I don't know, like,
2: important context to. Yeah. Like well, I mean, certainly this part is that, that it would reach the full. He, God just couldn't stand it anymore. It was there was so much uh, destruction going on, um, and they were killing children. They were there. They were sacrificing the children.
4: Yeah, it would be easier if God just wiped them out. His, it without, does seem like, without yeah, deal, without us, yeah. To make people, you know, the Israelites. But then also, it is hard. Like, why didn't He just pick some land that didn't have any occupants? There was tons of it. Yeah, he didn't have people living on it. I wonder why He just, you know, why didn't He just pick some land and. hmm Make their own cities and wells and not disturb anybody else. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of
2: it's desert, too.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, where the Anakim came there because God had chosen it?
2: That's a good question. Never thought about that. They actually came and wanted it. It is
4: fertile land. You're right about that.
2: Today in Israel, I mean, I don't know the, the exact truth about this, but I've heard some people say that for any any like square inch of that land to be owned by any Israelite, for a Muslims who live around there, it's it's intolerable. Like they will not stop until they have wiped out Jewish people who live around there. Because if, to them, that is their land. So maybe the Anakim has some part of that idea that like this is that we're not going to stop until we have this land that God claimed as his. How does the Anakim lineage line up with
5: Esau in his? I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it seems like. There was that it. fundamental split between Judaism and what would eventually become, much much later, become Islam. Oh, the descendants of
2: Esau. Oh, you yeah. mean Ishmael? Ishmael. Ishmael. Oh yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, Ishmael. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think they're aligned. I think the Anakim are more intrusive from the outside, uh, whereas the yeah, Ishmael was definitely a full human, um, and the Ishmaelites were all humans. And if not. I don't think every single person living in here was a non-Akim, but I think they were the again the head of the snake that had to be cut off. Um, so if Christie's right and they came in there because it was Abraham's land and God's land, then it would make sense. God is coming back. Again, no, he could have just wiped it out. He could have made it a big, huge fireball. It could have been like Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't know why he wanted his people to do it. Um, Michael Heiser says simply because we are part of the Dominion. Um, it is human's lot to, um, for God. He uses us to spread out across the globe and bring dominion and rule to it. Mm-hmm. And they're executing a, uh, a valuable thing, which is to to fight evil and to um, rid this area of evil is, a, is an honorable thing, a noble thing. So that's why Heiser thinks that the Israelites themselves were called to do it.
1: I also struggle to like picture that Israelites as being proud in killing because like they've been through so much like so much of a humbling process slavery yeah and and all all the time in the wilderness and like seeing people die and seeing like people rebel against Moses and die and seeing um yeah the ground open up or snakes kill people like I feel like they had so much more fear of God than we, than I do. Like I get away with so much sin, you know, and they were like continually watching this dependence on God. I don't think it made them holy, but I just feel like they had this up close fear of God, like seeing the smoke on a mountain and just feeling, um, I just, and then seeing their parents not be able to enter Canaan. You know, I would think that they have seen the, what the cost is of rebelling against God. That I just wonder if there's, like, a humility and following people like Joshua like and Caleb. Like, if they would have this humility as they start to go in and start to see what it costs. Like, it's, I struggle to see them enjoying that, you know.
2: Even if some did, mm-hmm. the, the main body seems like it wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. To see Achan and his family killed would have been devastating. Mm-hmm. That would have been incredibly humbling. Mm-hmm. And he, also, he told them in Deuteronomy many times, I do not choose you because you're a better people. I choose you because I choose you. I set my affection on you only for my glory. Um, so even if they did commit that sin, I'm sure some of them did, God was like fighting really hard to attack that pride that they thought they were better.
9: It can be hard to understand how God chooses in the Old Testament. He says in the book of Exodus that he will harden who he wants to harden. he's saying that to Pharaoh in the New Testament in the book of Romans. He tells us again that he will have mercy on whom he wants to have mercy. And he's going to harden. And it can be hard to grasp that. It can be hard to be sitting in a classroom and to meet a survivor of the Holocaust. Ursula was five years old. Think about Christ Jesus from the cross for a minute. You know, he foresaw, I believe, the sins of this world being heaped upon him. Mm -hmm. And... It's pretty stunning when you realize that, well, the Lord saw these basketball tournaments. What about the concerts I've worked? What about today over where I live? And I can't picture what it's like to be a doctor who would operate on a child and come home to children. I can't picture that. How hard that
5: would be. Uh-huh. One of the things I was thinking about too, though, is just uh, you know aside from the people that were that were commanded to go do this, um, is the way in which, whether we're interpreting it from our lens now or from the the time of the Crusades, the Spanish <clears throat> Inquisition or any of the the ways in which these sort of very specific edicts, I think this concerns me is the ways in which these moments in scripture uh, can be used to justify mm. horrible things yeah and even now I mean obviously like there's lots of propaganda that gets bandied around uh, to to help mobilize people and and capture them an imagination of a country or a voting block or whatever um, in ways in which things like this get get weaponized um, mm-hmm. you know for sinful I think Largely sinful means. That's mm-hmm. another thing that's like very concerning. And so I, I wanted to just mention that because I feel like that, you know, we're all going to stare at this and say, I mean, at the end of the day, what can you do? But like, is there something that comes out of this that we can actually um, I don't know, can it inform the way that we move in yeah. the world right now? With like the context of war. Yeah, war, or I, I mean, heck the death penalty. I don't know. I mean, like, all that stuff. Um,
2: you know, like, there's just a lot. There's a lot there. I know the early church fathers um, treated this as spiritual warfare. This is the way they would apply this. And they, um, they thought, ultimately, this was about spiritual warfare, and today we know that we fight uh, rulers and authorities and, you know, cosmic powers of evil and high places, this present darkness, so they saw the way to fight this was the way we fight against structures of evil or individual temptation, and they did, and the whole armor of God is what we put on to fight, you know, the, the weapons that Paul speaks about in Ephesians, so I think that's the application for us today, I mean, there's other applications too, but there's nothing at all in the New Testament that suggests you should ever kill anyone, there's I mean, not except you know, through perhaps the death penalty, perhaps just war. I think so, but um, but but never um, never in retaliation. Um, personally, I think that's pretty clear in the cross um, that violence like this would never be justified by um, the New Testament. Um, that kind of aggressive attacking, but if you don't have a New Testament and this is your scripture, then, then I can see how you can get there. Did you say retaliation is never justice? Um, to I think eye for eye, tooth for tooth is not something Jesus would allow for. I think to defend <coughs> the innocent and protect those who are in very, like with Ukraine, I think that's where it's, it's okay. But for me to retaliate against someone who slapped me is not okay. Mm-hmm. You have to bless those who curse you. Um, so there, 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 are still proper uses for violence, I think, but not personal retaliation, Mm-mm. protection, defense, but not retaliation. Never to get even, because we just we know we again, Father, forgive them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's our that's coming from the one who was innocent. So I don't think we can do that. Any other thoughts from what those of you who have not said anything yet? I mean, this is a teacher move. Mm. <laughs> so if you haven't said anything, you now have to speak. Um, I love to hear your thoughts. Everybody has though. I mean, something brought you here to look at this.
4: or something else um, besides this podcast, what
2: would you recommend? Oh, as far as studying the subject? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, that chapter on Holy War and Michael Heiser's book is good.
4: Okay. What's the book called?
2: Uh, the Unseen Realm. Ah, that's, that. that's just a really good book anyway. It's mm-hmm. a very interesting book. When was it written? Like five years ago or something like that. Um, gosh, I can't remember the name of this. There's a... Um, the particular scholar whose whole field is to, to talk about, like, uh, the difficult parts of the Old Testament law and the Holy War. Mm-hmm. I'll try to find that. Maybe I can post that on Slack. Okay. Thank you. But, yeah, other resources. There's just tons of stuff out there.
3: Yeah, It's hard to sort through. You know, it's reliable. I feel like. Yeah, it is.
2: There's a podcast called Unbelievable where this guy hosts debates between different people. And one of the debates is about this. It was excellent. And that was where this, this guy, I think he might be Canadian, who whose um, whole area of expertise is the hardest parts of the Old Testament. And he really tries to help us understand those parts of the Old Testament. It's not, never easy. Yes,
5: yeah, this is a duty. Especially when you try to, like, move around the world with a view towards like being an apologist or, or struggling even just mm, kinda of holding on to faith personally. Yeah. Or trying to have a response to people that right and left are just kind of turning their backs and then it's like <laughs> <laughs> this is not helpful. You're,
2: Lord you're this is not <laughs> this uh, Yeah. That's
5: great.
7: It feels so much easier to like craft a hermeneutic that, like, would be able to deal with this than, like, just try to live in the tension of, like, this being reality. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
7: Like, I think I'd rather be doing a bunch of mental gymnastics than say with this.
5: Yeah, like, say, the Anakim or Demonic Giants. Have mm-hmm. yeah. some kind of horror movie. That's pretty easy. That, I feel that
6: feels a lot better. Let's keep going with
5: that. Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah, or like is that real? Or like it's a linguistic tactic to say that like they killed everybody. Or to think like this was written like it's as poetry. it was happening. It's poetry. <laughs> yeah. Like it was written as yeah. it was happening and so they're conceiving it and so because they were successful they think that God has like the stamp of approval and so mm-hmm. it's easy to like like that feels better than God directed this. Or to somehow, like, degrade, like, the truthfulness of the story in some way, so that you get out of this, because this is not consistent, you know, It's like, I'm really fine with God asking me to do hard things, yeah. and to, like, to be in tension with God on some things. This is really hard.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: That, like, a fundamental part of my reality and who I, like, what I think goodness is, is, like, don't kill other people. It's not good
2: to murder. I mean, this would not be, this is not murder, though. If this is, if if the Bible is true, this is not murder. It
7: is not good to take a life. That, since we all bear the image of God, that destroying that is something that is horrible, but if we can all be redeemed, any action to like cut off a person's opportunity to be redeemed is an evil act. So I'm not, I, I mean, I'm not like arrogant enough just yet to say that I think like all this is bullshit, but like I can acknowledge that it'd be easier to do some like really shady intellectually dishonest work to like move past this in a way that feels consistent than like have to deal with this
4: i feel like that's what a lot of people do that's probably what i'd do
7: mm-hmm.
3: before we i really started actually reading through the old testament it was just like,
2: what would you say I mean, you did
3: i don't i think i'd have to spend some more time being honest with myself but i just feel like my worldview is not rooted in like
2: understanding this at all. I mean, it helps me to understand the cross to, to know how much holier God is than I thought he was and how much worse we are than I thought he was and how much we deserve death and hell and worse. And this shows me more about the God that I thought I knew, that he, that he is much more mm-hmm. severe and fierce mm-hmm. than I thought he was.
7: Or more evil.
2: But I don't see it that way. I mean, how do you think Jesus read these things? Do you think he had a hard time with them? I don't know. I hope he would.
7: I hope that he would have some sort of insight that I don't have. That just by, like, seeing it, that, like, this is challenging because I'm not reading it correctly. Um, Mm -hmm. That, hopefully, at some point, something will become clear.
2: But or that your moral instincts are not right I mean that that's what I'm saying about our, our culture I think our moral instincts are, are wrong and we tend to give humans the benefit of the doubt and put God on trial but that's what I'm saying this challenge is my moral instincts that you know, I thought I knew about reality oh
7: yeah, killing people, not that bad that's fine
2: well, the people
8: deserve to die Is your challenge with it like that, they had to die, or was it that God used people to execute, the, like to to do the killing? I think if I had to pick one, that would that would be it. But like both are still challenging.
7: Yeah. Yeah. I yeah I think like that somebody deserves to die, that there was something that a human being could do. But, I mean, this is also like operating on the assumption that these were human beings. If the uh, Anakim is, is real, then like, maybe they weren't human. May I ask
1: a different
7: question? Sure. Why do you think we have a right to life? Because um, we bear the of God. Because life is an expression of worship. Because um, God breathed life into us. And you know a very active worship is living life. And I think that that's something that's sacred.
9: To go back into the book of Genesis for a minute, we have to remember that when we were made, God breathed life into us. Mm -hmm. In the Garden of Eden, there was one simple thing that mankind was not to do just once guess what didn't do it so sin entered the world think about the book of Genesis for a moment God finished his creation he didn't just say it was good he said it was very good Uh it was perfect in every way it's not like that anymore sin is in this world And until Christ returns and that trumpet sounds and we're up in heaven, we're going to see all kinds of things, whether we're doing gadgets or whether you come into my neighborhood. Come over there and try sleeping tonight. It's not going to happen. You'll be upset. I've not been in a war zone but I know what spiritual warfare is and I fail each and every day as a sinner. I have to uh-huh. seriously ask the Lord to help me get through the day uh-huh. just to make it over here. Sometimes just making it out of that apartment, I don't like carrying a hammer around with me. But guess what? I have to have it. short. Sure. I'm not talking about my neighbors. I'm talking about things because of what people are throwing outside. I've seen it up against the fence of Fox on Sunday morning. But the people over there will. If they know you got money in your pocket, they'll jump on you. They will come after you. I can't even take the trash out to the dumpster in most cases. In broad daylight, I have to be very careful
2: I think whatever you're seeing over there doesn't even begin to touch what was going on in here. Like that, I can't understand. Yeah,
6: so it changes. You're saying moral instincts, and they change over time. Possibly, thirty-five hundred years ago, this wasn't a big deal. No, it reminds me of the end of Bullies and Saints, history of the church, the good and the bad. Um, Uh I'm sure some of you have read too. But he says we have to be careful about um, where we are and judging these past events, because maybe in 2000 years, people will look at American society and say, I can't believe that they were living like kings and queens of, you know, this better than kings and queens. Well. 25,000 people die every day of starvation in the world. Half of them are children. Um, and while his other example was pornography is legal, which is directly um, in, uh, engaged with human trafficking, we just turn a blind eye on it. And maybe in 2000 years, people are going to look at us and say, I can't believe that Americans were allowing those things to go on every day. How could they possibly do that? Yeah. Um, so that's what I was thinking about. <clears throat> but also I love um, finding these problems in the Bible and pointing them out because that's how the Jewish community reads studies and oh, yeah, yeah, they, they look for problems and look they, for problems. They, they, uh, things that don't make sense. So mm-hmm. What's that? I did not know that. That's the Jewish, the Jews, yeah, that's really yeah. yeah.
8: Different view than I'm maybe used to. Like, I don't know. I feel like, it, I have experienced a lot of like, oh, it's just this way. Just believe it. Like, you know, not trying
6: to think through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the things that are the hardest to understand are the most important to look at, yeah. according to yeah.
2: that. It's kind of like you're 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 encountering one of the hard edge of God. You've hit against. Like, you're encountering God there when you're feeling really. Disturbed by it. That's a that's a sharp you know edge of God that you're now hitting, and um, so yeah, I, that's what I, I feel too. Like when I encounter really hard things, I like this is a part of God I don't know about, but I'm gonna assume I don't know what I'm talking about, and I'm gonna try to figure out like why is this happening. So, and my conclusion in this case is that again, God is much holier than I am, and we're much more sinful than what thought we were. Comments. do
5: you think he God wants us to understand this or to accept it or just to sit with it and be um, <clears throat> and be confused like
9: what do you think he wants <clears throat> um, God is not the author of confusion nor no, the author of evil I thought you were going to no, say the
2: author he's not, he's
9: not the author of evil
2: I think he wants us to come, to to the, everything in Old Testament is, should be read through the cross. I think this shows us something about the cross we didn't know, and that's what that's I that's what I think. All these stories are about is he wants us to understand something about the whole story of the Christ story is like very wrapped up in all this. It all ends there. It all points there. <clears throat> so the God who ordered this is the God who you know died on the cross for us and not a different God, It's not. A, this is not an inferior God um, these are inferior people, because they didn't have the Holy Spirit, they were in a much different place than we were I mean God Jesus says I allowed a lot of stuff in the Old Testament because of the hardness of people's hearts, so it's not ideal, this is like the Wild West, but still the whole story is definitely to me a pick, there's something about the cross that I'm, I'm learning through that I wonder if Jesus explained it on the road to Emmaus. Hmm. Yeah, anyways.
4: There's two people. have. Thanks, Jesus. It says he went through
2: all of the the whole Old Testament, so I imagine he did. If
1: only he had better (laughs) memories.
2: (laughs) Some of the
3: difficulty with coming to peace with this, to me is, I feel like, comparable to coming to peace with, like, predestination.
2: Mm, that's a
3: really good comparison. Yeah, that's a hard
9: one. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense at all. Mm -hmm, It does. Um, It makes a lot of sense because there's been times where with predestination, I had the wrong impression about that because I was saved, I was adopted. Um, Later, I would read about predestination. I'm like, well, you know, I knew I was a sinner. I knew that God favored the fatherless, the orphan, the widow, but I was wrong. And it's not just about that either. There's been other places where I absolutely had the wrong impression about God's character. And it can be stunning. The best thing is to. If you don't understand something, ask the Lord and wait on the Lord. His timing is perfect. It can be a hard thing to wait on, but His timing is perfect. Tyler, you
8: said about predestination, about this? Uh, I guess this goes back to like, discovering Salem. Because um, I think we are talking about the, the tulip yeah. idea. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I guess Christian just tied up in that a little bit, but it's like the, everything hinges, or you said everything hinged on the T, the total gravity, the first part. Do you think this relates to total gravity? Do you think it's different? So do you think the people in the Holy Land were different than the Israelites, or were they both in this basket of being totally depraved that God had just chosen to use Israel
2: differently? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I would say, in general, they're equal. Now, this is a... This, this thing, I don't... You're right. That's, that's, that's a wild card. There, yeah.
6: <clears throat>
2: but I think, in general, total depravity does help me understand this. And I think the Israelites from totally depravated, and so were the Amorites. Amorite is a term that is used in Genesis for this whole region. Genesis 15, where... And that helps me, too. Like, this is a morass of sin that just becomes more and more horrible like and then it finally reaches a certain measure where god says i have to get rid of this and could have sent a fireball but he sent his people instead um and that's hard but you know we've talked about some of the reasons he might have done that i think if we had seen what was going on there and then seen them all disappear i think we would all rejoice i really do I think we would feel feel very good about the fact that they're gone. I mean, the same way that if you had seen all of the the Gestapo suddenly disappear from across Europe as they're killing Jews, you'd be like, "This is great. I'll take that." So that's that's an important thing to keep in mind. Just that I know it, it's not exactly the same because he did use Israel. It was imperfect. It was it was um, some of the people who did it were sinful and were like very proud and arrogant. And there might have been some. There was pillaging, there might have been some rape. But I don't think any of us would have been sad to see that be excised from planet Earth, what was going on there. I can't remember if this
3: was already said earlier. Um if it was I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, I wonder if there was any in in God choosing his people to carry that out instead of a fireball or whatever, mm-hmm. God could use. Um, is there ways that he like I don't know could reveal something to his people about like sin through it that would be like is there any way that he maybe could like show people yeah I guess the effects Mm-hmm. of sin
2: through that and the need for the cross mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think what Ashley was saying about um, like for these people to do that killing with what they had been through uh, would have been very humbling because they would know that they didn't deserve any better because yeah. so many had died along the way when the ground opened up and all these other things that God did uh, to kill his own people you know thousands of them died along the way and um I kind of think of, like, the sacrifice of the bull, where they would just take an innocent bull, that they loved their most valuable possession, and they would slit it through. They had to do it themselves. Um, And it must have been very humbling to see, to do that, and have to see that blood and see your prized animal die like that, that you loved. And um, so, yeah, I think maybe in doing the killing, that was part of it. And the people in the land, they were told, like, to repent and
3: you'll be saved is that what?
2: Anything well they heard not? about they heard about the um, the fear of the Lord had fallen on them all so Rahab said I, we've heard that this is coming so we can you like welcome us in and and she was welcomed in and people along the way were welcomed in so you have to imagine that they were also welcomed in We do know from other parts of Joshua that when they heard what was going on here, they all got together and came and tried to destroy them. So it wasn't like they were, please don't kill us, you know, they were they were coming to, to kill them, to wipe them out. Like, when they took Jericho and Ai, the rest of them came to kill them. Well, it's been an hour and a half, so... Unless anybody else... did you want to say one more thing, Charles? Okay. Thought you were raising your <laughs> hand. No, I, I
0: think I was just thinking about, like, Jericho being, you know, basically flattened by an act of God. I don't know. Um, I there's parts of it that... Oh, yeah, that's that a good point. That, yeah. Like, we hadn't even talked about that. It wasn't all just, like, human hands. Yeah. And so I guess, like... I guess I've been thinking about like kind of the retroactive, like kind of classifying and as this was God blessed us because we won, but like I feel like it it wasn't like probably wasn't like ambush where like they just came upon these people unawares like yeah if they were they knew the Israelites were coming they were probably scoffing and scorning yeah God I don't know I don't know if this is like my mental gymnastics trying to like. Rectify it or, or reconcile it. That, like, these people would have been sneering at the Israelites as they came, and then the Israelites would have fought, humbly so, because they're fighting as grasshoppers. And, and, like, clearly, and marching around and, cities, blowing trumpets. Yeah, yeah just, and it's clearly the so, hand of God, like, smoothing. Yeah. That's um, well,
4: so like they send back a lot of Israelites to say, like, if you just got married, go on home. If you just bought a field, go on home. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't even have to have you. It's not about our numbers. Like, yeah. God's going to do it for us. I mean, the ark always had to go first. Yeah, a sign that God was leading them, not themselves. I don't know. That's just other ways that God could have humbled them. Like, like there's no way you can win this war without me doing it.
2: The fireball might have not allowed that to happen. too. just this interaction with God and seeing God do these things miraculously to win battles face to face with the people. Where uh, yeah,
4: and also when they in numbers when they wouldn't go in. And so he sent them into the wilderness for 40 years. Um, They didn't trust him. But they didn't trust him. And so this time it's like, he's trying to just make sure they trust him. That's the whole, I feel like that's like one of God's, it seems like that's a big point with God. Um, That doesn't make it, I'm not, I'm not saying it's easy with Mm -hmm. people. I'm just, yeah, just going with what Charles was saying, like it, it was definitely this combo thing. It wasn't just like the people were so numerous and, warrior like they could do it, go in and just take it. They probably would have failed
8: miserably. Oh mm, uh, yeah, they're so small.
4: Yeah. So I don't know. That doesn't make it easy. So that doesn't take away the hard
7: question. Well we know that God has like been redeeming the earth since, yeah. since the We know that like a way that he's been doing that is through the death of something else. So we have a lot of like sacrifice. So it makes sense that if, like, the chosen people of God are the the vessel with which, like, this, like, redemption comes, this, like, kingdom is established, it makes sense that they would be <sighs> doing the killing um, to, like, create a space that ultimately the final death would happen with Jesus. The death of Christ, yeah. That then like sets forward the redemption of all things.
2: Mm-hmm. Say that again in a shorter sense, like the. I kind of was tracking with you until it switched to Jesus dying instead so of It
7: makes young. sense that like there's a history of killing for the sake of redemption. That like so we kill animals to atone okay, for yeah. our sins. Mm-hmm. Um, as a way of cleansing. So you talked about the Israelites coming and cleansing this area for like a jumping off point. Oh, yeah, yeah. For the redemption of the whole world. So it makes sense that, like, the area needed to be cleansed the way that it was most proper to do that was through killing, through yeah. bloodshed. Um, so that ultimately there would be, like, a final bloodshed. Mm. And then, like, then the tool of redemption changed rather than yeah. killing and shedding mm. blood to redeem then like, the spirit started working
2: and maybe the cross also redeems the way they killed in the past because you wouldn't have known why they would have killed the cows until the cross mm-hmm. maybe you wouldn't have known why they killed these people until the cross either mm-hmm. and maybe the way Jesus was okay with it was when he thought this is going to be me maybe he wouldn't have been okay with it unless he thought I will do this like the ultimate cleansing will be me and my blood
0: can I just say too I think it's like so good to hold this intention like I feel like I've come from backgrounds where it's been there's like this is too comfortable for people to read where I feel like here it's kind of refreshing to have like knots in my stomach about it and like feel like this conversation is like holding two things and like that are really hard to rectify intention mm-hmm. and have more questions leaving than answers. I feel like it's really refreshing. So I think it's been really cool.
2: It's kind of what Jeremy was saying again. The Jews would read these passages and say, where is this hard on me? And now like, I want to go into, I want to dig into that. I want to like find more about God in that. Yeah. Um, the story of the, the serpent, like well, why is there a serpent? Like what does that mean? Really digging into these really hard parts of the passages. You get that from the Bible? Uh, that podcast? With those... I stopped listening to it because you
6: said. Vema. <laughs> <laughs> Vema
2: podcast? Yes. Yeah, oh, you're not in favor of that. I'm not in favor of that entirely. I didn't tell him like to totally stop. But you're entirely you no. not in
1: favor of it, or you're.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I am mostly not in favor. No, I am just a little bit not in favor of it, and then that little bit makes me say like, just be careful. Okay. Like it's got a lot of good. That point especially, I liked. I love the point about when you read a really hard thing in the Bible, then go there. Like, dig into that. Mm. There's a lot of gold there.
6: Just be warned that they are pro-humans. Like, we're not actually that bad. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, and if you just yeah. have your eyes open for that underlying yeah. theme, then it's good. Yeah. But I, there's too much other good Did stuff you? to listen to.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why I stopped listening. It's not because <laughs> I thought it yeah. was total trash. It was no. like, I've got too many good things I could be listening mm. to. But um, they said, for instance, that Abraham, when God found Abraham, he's like, "This is a this is the type of God I could really work with. Like this guy's got it going on." And to me, that's like so far from. Did they say that about Lot too? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, he's, I, can't, I can't. handle Lot. No, I know. Why he's not? a lot. He's a lot to handle. <laughs> <do. Yeah! laughs> wow. <that was> great. <laughs> All right. Let me pray for us on that.
6: And remember... We love these rascals.